0: From the Financial Times, this is FT News and I'm Jyotsna Singh in Delhi. Prime Minister Narendra Modi has announced that his government has managed to bring electricity to the last village in India. But for millions of people still living in the darkness, the news brought little cheer. The FT South Asia correspondent Kiran Stacey and I visited some rural areas in Uttar Pradesh still without power. Let's first listen to what some people had to say. Modi
1: is saying, my government has completed the electrification of every village. But each village has several parts. So if a pylon is put up in one area and one or two houses have a power connection, we don't consider that electrification. I have a fridge, a fan, a washing machine, a cooler and a TV. Most of these have been lying unused for years. All our problems are because of a lack of power. If power
0: came, our troubles would be over. Kiran joins me for more on the story. Kiran, Mr Modi said all Indian villages now have electricity. So why are these villages still without power?
1: What Mr Modi said was that every village in India now has a connection to the electricity grid. But what that means is that each of those villages has at least 10% of the homes and all the major civic buildings electrified. What it doesn't mean is that every single household has a power connection. So what we were finding as we travelled around Rural Uttar Pradesh, and from what I've been told it's true in many parts of the country is that you'd have huge areas where a handful of houses had been electrified, but most of the houses still had no power. That place would then be ticked off as electrified, and the engineers who were rolling out the pylons and the wires would simply move on to the next place.
0: Some people in these villages also told us that some of their neighbours have had electricity for decades, while most of the others are having to wait
1: for so long. In some of the villages we visited, the first power connections came in in the 70s and 80s. Then in the 90s, you had government schemes start to roll out to give people free power connections. And still, there were lots and lots of people without any electricity whatsoever. In one place we visited, they had the pylons in place, but nobody had actually managed to connect the wires up to actually get to the houses. Why is it so important for people to be hooked up to the grid? Well some people have solar panels on their roof so there are other ways of getting power or they simply have a lot of battery powered appliances but none of these can do really major things. They can't power a refrigerator for example, they can't power an air cooler. Most of these people can't afford an air conditioner but if they could it certainly couldn't power an air conditioner. A solar panel you can run off uh, one light bulb and two fans is what I was told. they not really enough to power a household. We went to one house where there was a Television, there was a fridge, there was a washing machine, and they were all the television was idle, and the washing machine and the fridge were packed up in cardboard boxes because all they had was a solar panel and they simply couldn't get enough power to run their appliances. The other thing that's really important is farming obviously most of these people make their money through farming what they really want to do is to be able to run electric pumps to irrigate their fields most people at the moment are running diesel powered sets and they say it's quite expensive to do that so it can cost several hundred rupees which is several dollars to fill up a diesel tank and irrigate your farm and that'll last a day or two and then you've got to do the whole thing over again what people would like to be able to do is have a reliable power connection and to be able to run their water pumps whenever they like And they say doing that would actually halve their costs, which would be a major bonus for farmers and their livelihoods.
0: So why has it
1: proved so
0: hard to electrify every household?
1: Well, there are a lot of households in India. There's 1.3 billion people and a lot of households. 70% of people live in the countryside, and they're often quite disparately located. So you'll end up with villages that are miles and miles away from their next village. So it takes a lot of time simply to build the infrastructure. That's part of it. Another part is that having built part of the infrastructure, as we were seeing, engineers sometimes then just move on to the next place because they've counted the first place as already finished. Another thing, however, is bureaucracy, because a lot of this comes through government programs. Whether you're getting a subsidized connection or a free connection or whether you have to pay for it yourself all of this takes paperwork. And in India, with everything, when paperwork is involved, it can take a long, long time indeed. And what a lot of the people that we talked to said, also the fact that local officials are making decisions on who gets free connections and who doesn't, means that there's corruption inevitably involved as well. So sometimes there's a bit of bribery and uh, paying off some of the local officials involved just to get your power connection.
0: Mr. Modi is up for re-election next year. Will Rural voters turn against him if he fails to meet his target of electrifying every
1: household. Well, Narendra Modi has put electrification right at the centre of his development agenda. And it was something he made his name doing in Gujarat. When he was chief minister of the state of Gujarat, he managed to get reliable 24-7 power to pretty much everyone. And that was one of his major successes. And he ran in 2014 for prime minister on a campaign of, look, I can repeat what I've done in Gujarat for the rest of the country. However, I think, and from the people we were talking to, people are willing to forgive him for not quite hitting his ambitious targets. So as long as people feel progress is being made, they're willing to give him a little bit more time. One person I spoke to in Delhi said, well, look, if the opposition, the Congress party or local opposition parties, want to run in 2019 on a ticket of, you promised to electrify 100% of households, but you've only electrified 75%, That's not going to be a problem for Mr. Modi. He'll be quite happy with that and he'll tell people that, look, I didn't quite get the job done, but re-elect me and we're moving in the right direction. However... If this continues, if he consistently fails to live up to his ambitious promises, I think he's unlikely to get more than two terms. I think that people will eventually start saying, well, wait a second, you were the prime minister who promised to break through a lot of Indian bureaucracy, a lot of the way things are usually done here. You promised to give us the kind of development that we've seen take place over the border in China, and it simply hasn't happened. Well, we'll move on to the next guy making big promises, and that's the risk. It's a long-term one, I think, rather than a... Short term one.
0: Thanks, Kiran. And if you would like to read our story on India's rural electrification, you can find the link to it on our podcast notes. Thanks for listening. Hello. We're rethinking our podcast strategy here at the Financial Times, and we'd love to hear your views. We're asking listeners to rate our podcasts and to tell us what you like and don't like about our shows. To contribute to our survey, follow the link in our show notes or go to ft.com forward slash podcast feedback to enter our prize draw to win £500 or the equivalent in dollars. Selling a little or a lot?